You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is sponsored by Clean Juice, a certified organic nutrition and wellness bar with more than 100 locations in development in 16 states. Learn more at cleanjuice.com. You're listening to episode 40 of The Collected Podcast. I'm Tia McNelly. I'm Michaela Hooper. And I'm Jess Biondo. This week, we are excited to interview Will and Andrea McGinnis. They are an incredible couple that's doing a ton of good work in Haiti. They're working on orphan care and job creation. And I'm really impressed with the way that they're going about their work. Yeah, and they have great tips about best practices and development and just things they've learned. And they admitted from doing it the wrong way. Yeah. And having to learn and be humble and recognize and just grow as they do this work. And it's such an interesting shift in their lifestyle too, coming Mm -hmm. out of kind of the rock and roll lifestyle because Will was the founding bass player for Audio Adrenaline, which Mm -hmm. is a a popular Christian band. So it's interesting to hear them talk about that shift in lifestyle. You will find that the core of what they do comes from a place of humility. Mm -hmm. So we know you'll enjoy this interview with Will and Andrea. Will and Andrea McGinnis, thank you so much for joining us today on The Collected Podcast. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Excited. We, we are so excited. I was wondering if we could start today by having you just share with our listeners a little bit about what you're doing now, the work that God has you doing, and how you ended up doing this. Okay. Um, I might start with that one. Um, so... Uh, I'm doing uh, Haiti Made uh, right now currently, and Andrea is doing Hands and Feet Project. But um, they both were kind of birthed um, when I was in a Christian rock band called Audio Adrenaline. Uh, the band had been touring around the country kind of for, you know, many years. Uh, lots of touring, lots of records, you know, being sold and singles and awards in Christian circles, couple Grammys and we felt empty and kind of void though. And we're really like, what are we really doing with our platform? And, you know, why are we leaving our families at home and what's our real purpose? And, um, and that's when we started to just search ourselves for like what cool thing we could do to make, you know, uh, this great platform, a mouthpiece for something good. And, uh, Mark, our lead singer had, uh, his parents, Drex and Joe had been missionaries to Haiti on and off since the seventies. And, he had gone on his first mission trip to Haiti in high school, you know, so we heard about this crazy place, Haiti on and off during our career. Hmm. And, uh, and then just when we kind of had this real soul searching, we were challenging people from stage to go and be the hands and feet of Christ, uh, you know, and not just be a, a, a church goer and a Christian only on Sunday. And we were convicted and we're like, well, we need to do more. And, they just came to mind immediately and we're like, look, we need to go to Haiti and see what's happening there and see if we could jump in and help something out. So in 2004, we went down and uh, kind of searched the landscapes for some of the issues in Haiti and found at that time there were about a million orphaned or abandoned children and thought, wow, well, I guess we should start a children's village. And so Hands and Feet Project was birthed at that point. And then Haiti Made would come later as more of a job creation piece to support families and to help the transitioning students that, uh, you know, hands and feet was helping in growing up and then transitioning out. So 
that's kind of the story. Awesome. What surprising doors has God opened since you started on this journey with Haiti Mate and Hands and Feet? Um, let's see. I mean, well, maybe Andrew could share about this too, but it's, I mean, we ended up moving our families to Haiti for a couple of years. That was super surprising. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) we, uh, you know, we were dug in in Franklin, Tennessee, and uh, I was on the board, uh, you know, so I'm like, I'm a board member and I'm using my gifts in that way. And uh, Andrea was working for Hands and Feet and she was director of childcare, but, uh, you know, at the time we were asked, Hey, would you guys want to go down and really, you know, pour into the missionaries? I might do like a shepherding role and love on the missionaries. And then we would really see how the board mandates rolled out on the road. You know, you make these board level decisions and then you want to see how they play out on the road and and on the ground and how that was affecting the work. And then Andrea really wanted to dig in with her childcare team and really focus on the kids and, uh, in our structures and stuff, how we have uh, family style care and all those kinds of things. And, and so uh, that was, we were like waiting on our children to kind of graduate out of high school, you know, before we could really make a move like that. And our kids were like, no, nah, you don't have to wait on us to do that. We'd love to go to Haiti and homeschool and check that out for a year. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, we were like, Oh wow. They're just went our excuse right out the door. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess. We should probably consider that. So I don't know. That's pretty a big disruptor in our life. That was a great one that we'll probably never, you know, have that kind of connectedness as a family. And just all, you know, ministry was right outside our front door every day. And just a tough but incredible season with our kids and with Andrea and I. And really cemented us together, brought us together because we had no one else. We had Mm -hmm. to lean on each other so hard. And uh, heavily and just uh, God showed up and used us in pretty miraculous ways. So that was that was kind of one that was crazy. And then, you know, I don't know what what's your what do you think is one for you, Andrea? Yeah, I think that just an opportunity to um, work cross-culturally, I think, is a great learning experience. It brings a lot of self-awareness to you as a person um, and your faith and just kind of how you've, um, you know, you're, you're operating your family. So I would say that was a huge, a huge change for us. Nowhere, um, actually all through our marriage was probably ever on the table that we would homeschool our kids or, Mm. or move, um, overseas, but it was a great experience. So I would say, um, just, you know, um, not really growing up with missions on the horizon or within your reach or really just even being, have a global awareness. Um, you know, I think the whole experience has been huge for me, um, just to even, even being based here stateside to work with people from different cultures and generations has been amazing. So it really influenced, I think kind of Andrea's current position now as executive director, I think it prepared her for that. And then it also prepared me for Haiti mate. I came, we came back and both of us sort of fell into these roles. And I think it was the collective experience of Haiti that shaped us and equipped us. God was using that to really grow us to the next levels to kind of move into what he was going to have us do next, you know? So that's, it's kind of interesting to see how God works like that. So. Yeah. I mean, I, was it challenging for you guys to 
transition out of even doing what you were doing with Audio Adrenaline Well and Andrea, you kind of, you know, maybe that you being at home, you know, um, with the kids, like what, what were some of the challenges for you guys transitioning from those things into um, the work that you were doing in Haiti? Yeah. I mean, I think that the transition was tough both ways. So yeah, you know, I think going and coming for yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think the biggest challenge is in, in entering um, into a community there and leaving that community was just relationship for mm-hmm. us. I mean, and I think yep. that's probably true for most people. You know, you just you um, can't help but, you know, develop some depth of relationship reliance on community and friends, um, just relationships. And that just makes it really hard both directions because you leave really great um, relationships um, in your own community to serve. And then when you leave the community that you just served, you have those same issues. So I think um, from our experience and um, missionaries transitioning in and out of the mission field, I think that's the hardest part because you just feel like you've just left half of your um, heart behind, I guess, and mm-hmm. in, in both directions. So every time we came home, you know, you celebrate one thing and then you just kind of mourn uh, the other side of the equation. I think that's been um, a challenge. I think surprisingly, I think that a lot of the physical demands, the food um, demands, the change of, um, I think maybe change of pace, that was probably a big challenge. As I said, some of the physicality things that we thought were going to be a huge issue were relatively easy as yeah. far as like food and yep. air conditioning mm-hmm. and kind of living conditions. I was yeah. surprised by that, even for our kids. Um, but I do think the change of pace was really hard. I mean, I think America's pace, even in Tennessee, I feel is like really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so then to go to a culture um, that is a little more relational driven and slower and um, kind of more maybe go with the flow more in yeah. tune um, to like uh, weather culture for sure needs of people around you and how you kind of adapt to that. Hmm. And then here our culture is just so rigid. So times are fixed, tra- travels fixed, and there's not a lot of room for um, flexibility to meet. For me, it was more ministry. So you can, you have more freedom to take time out of, and pour it into a kid's life when here everything seems so structured and um, disconnected, maybe. Yeah. So that's been a hard thing to do as you're working in both places to kind of come back and forth. Hmm. Definitely. Hmm. Was there ever a time through all of that where you questioned the path that you were on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, I mean I'm sure there was, uh, but we're pretty, I think, just as creatures— in the way God made us, we're pretty stubborn. <laughs> so, you know, he has to smack us over the head pretty hard to, yeah. to get our attention and mm-hmm. to direct us often. And we're, you know, the wall could be falling down and we're still trying to hold it up. You know, it's um, kind of some of that going on. But I mean, yeah, there were political unrest seasons of that. You know, there were there were uh, times when we needed to leave the country for things like that. And then just, um, um you know, I don't know. I think we, I think we did it pretty well, you know, and, and yeah. uh, we had challenges, we had hardships and, uh, and we had things that may have, you know, deterred other types of people and may have scared them or they would have maybe got worn out and just gave up. But I think we, we hung in there really well and we had challenges with our kids in different times in different ways. And, 
because their ages were different. And then Andrea and I were also, it was challenging on our marriage in ways, but it also really grew us in our marriage, um, you know, as well and grew our family and grew us with the staff at Hands and Feet. And the, like Andrea said, the students there. And so we were, we made some incredible friendships and some incredible season, you know, uh, lifelong kind of changes and things that happened there, but, uh, we still go back in often and those, some of that still feels intact, you know, and in mm-hmm. fact, I'm taking my youngest son here in a couple weeks. He's really, you know, jonesing to get back down there and see his buddies, you know, and hang out and be all cool with them again. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we, by nature, we're, we're pretty stubborn and we hang in there. So we didn't really give in and, and kind of give up at too many points, but I don't think at the same time, I don't think we'll ever really cre- recreate those moments again. Like I'm still like in my heart, I'm still trying to recreate some of the rhythms and some of the uh, ebb and flow, as Andrea said, that we had in Haiti. It's slower, but ministry was outside our door, and I never felt closer to God than I was when I was there. So in tune with Him mm. because I needed Him every day to show up to help me serve the the staff and the kids and the missionaries I was serving, you know, and I think Andrea, the same thing. We were really needing God just to cement our family together and protect us and watch over us and help us do it at high level. And, Mm. and he did. And then you come back to America and when you're just like, Whoa, what happened? I can't seem to find the quiet time I had, or I can't Mm -hmm. seem to journal as much or be in the devotions that I was doing or really be in tune with things as easily, you know, I have to really work a lot harder at it. So. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you have this incredible gift of remaining steadfast, both of you, in what the vision God has given you. And then despite what obstacles come your way, you stick to it. Mm -hmm. Do you have any practical tips for our listeners of things you do to remain rooted in your true identity and remain rooted in that steadfastness? Wow, that's a great question. Really great question. Uh, I mean, I think your self-care is number one. I mean, you know, the, I, we've, I've heard it said by things that I listen to that you have to work harder on yourself than you do anyone else, you know, or anything else, you know, so you continually have to be growing yourself and, and then, uh, from that healthy place that you're in, you can then kind of, uh, you know, enact or, or kind of hear from God or kind of move and, and roll on some things that you, you think you're supposed to move on. But I mean, I mean, we started hands and feet in 2004. I had been in audio adrenaline, you know, for 20 years prior. So, I mean, we'd done some things for a long period of time and then hands and feet now has been around for 15 years and Andrea's pretty much done about anything and everything at hands and feet. I've never really been on staff, but I was chair of the board and on the board. And then we moved to Haiti and, so, you know, I just think we were dug in, you know, not everyone in the band remaining as committed to hands and feet as a work, but it really became a family thing for Andrea and I and for, you know, Mark and his family. And, and we've just like, hey, you know, we got our first set of kids in 2005. And uh, I mean, they were babies and we're like, whoa. Uh, you know, we've <laughs> committed to these kids for like 18 years at least. So, yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I think, I think it comes down to some of the choices that have been made, the design of the the ministry and the mission. It's, you know, it's, it's hard to not be dug in because you've committed to people. Mm, so it's yeah. hard to, it's hard to kind of walk away when it's inconvenient or if it's hard, you know, I think that that 
sometimes doesn't really feel like an option. So you kind of just dig in and ask for, you know, God to show up and Mm -hmm. he's faithful and pray for people to surround you and pray for you. And so I think that's been really the journey. I don't know if, if we've ever really felt like, I don't know. I mean, I think we're on the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some legacy things there too. Andrew and I are both, you know, near the middle part of our life and, I think there's some legacy things there, but I think there's also we're at you guys are sort of hitting on a point that we've been landing on is like, well, who are we? We've got to find some people to hand this off to, too. We can't do this forever. And yeah. our age would permit that. And also just this thing thriving and being healthy, moving into the future and staying relevant and current and all of that, too. So we're, we're sort of in that transition place, maybe of really in the next whatever two, three, five years, seeing who we could really raise up to hmm. kind of give us founders, if so you good. will, a little bit of a, a, a backseat and they sort of get some young blood, some young energy and even some, you know, some new awesome. movement from God in terms of just where he would see this thing ebb and flow and change into, you know, evolve into. Because we've always kept a humble and and uh, and a position of humility and like, hey, we we want to be best practices. So that means we got to be able to adapt and change when yeah. God wants to flip this thing on its head. So we've been we've transitioned a lot and we've saw where we do things wrong and we've tried to learn from that and do them better. But we're still asking tough questions. Are we even supposed to be doing what we're doing right now mm-hmm. in the future? You know, so that's yeah. just all kinds of things that are sort of going on and. Not sure if that really answered the question so well, but it's oh, kind of where we're at. Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, Andrea, would you give our listeners a snapshot of what Hands and Feet is and the heart behind it? Sure. I mean, I think um, the heart right now is um, the focus on family and child advocacy, and that looks um, different to everyone who comes across our path. So for some kids, it's um, keeping their their if a mother in crisis and a child in crisis, it's preserving their family. So that's first and foremost our mm-hmm. heart. Uh, we believe every child deserves a family. Um, we think it's the best environment for them to thrive and reach their God given potential. So that's really our first um, thing that we want to we want to strive for. And then we provide residential. Um, care, which is providing for families when it's necessary. And then we believe really in reunification at all possible. So mm. we kind of, I mean, we consider even our residential care and kids that we've had in our care for, you know, anywhere from 12 to 15 years is um, respite care, because we're just hoping at some point that, you know, um, there will eventually be reconnected with some um, family members, whether it's um, biological or um, extended family. So really the heart, I think, and the drive of almost every program within Hands and Feet is really about kids. And so that's grown originally, as Will said, back in 2004, that was to kind of stand in the gap of um, in the orphan crisis to say these kids uh, need a family. And that's where we were focused on. And then as we've learned and we've grown, it's become, you know, family preservation. It's become reunification. It's become job creation. Mm. Um, So really, um, you know, we call ourselves child and family advocates because that just is a really broad um, idea about just the individuality and the need of each individual family and child is just different. Um, So I think it just, that's really the heart of it. It's just to do what we think is um, best in every situation that's put before us. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then how did Haiti Made come out of that? Yeah. So I think, um, what year did Haiti Made, the program, Haiti Made started as a program within Hands and Feet. So if you think 2004, we're starting to bring in kids. We actually had 31 kids come to us all at one time that were a little bit older. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was in 2008, 2009. Um, so those kids were quickly, um, becoming of age. Haiti Social Services um, requires of our um, organization that kids at 18 have to leave the um, children's village. So we've created this transition program. And within that transition program between 18 and 21, they have an opportunity to live in a house with a resident advisor and um, still live within supporting a support structure of hands and feet. But part of that was the need to be able to move into providing for themselves. Um, so we were a little late in the um, game to go, oh, gosh, you know, we've invested in these kids for this long in um, unemployment and all the things that caused them to be um, abandoned in the first place is still a challenge for them as they're turning 18. Um, so we created Haiti made and it was an artisan, um, program so that we could, they could create products and we could bring them, um, to the States and sell them and kind of provide jobs for those kids. Um, a couple years ago, um, that went outside of hands and feet. So it gave it an opportunity to grow and, um, Will is responsible, um, for taking that and creating, um, a little bit more focus on growing it as a business, um, instead of kind of a, a not within like the nonprofit umbrella of hands and feet project. So the heart of it really was originally to give jobs to our kids who are aging out. Um, that's grown to include them, but also to grow into the family preservation piece, um, the job creation piece, um, helping head of households um, continue their education and support their siblings and some other aspects like that. So it's originally started within hands and feet, but now it's a separate entity that will heads up. So and it's grown it to, I think you grew up from 16 jobs to 80 something. Yeah. Yeah. We, so. we had some pretty great growth last year, but it ebb and flows based on orders and kind of seasonal, you know, demands, but um, kind of peaked out at 93 fourth quarter last year. And we kind of reside in a, maybe like 40 to 60 range consistently. And the hope is just to, in a for-profit structure, you know, to treat it like a business X's and O's and operate profitably. And, and then that gives us a sustainable piece to keep the team working and, and, um, mm-hmm. and, and helping other, other people, even outside of hands and feet have a job, which they so desperately need, you know, to keep mm-hmm. their family together and provide for, all their needs like we do here yeah you know mm. well and the products are, are beautiful the products oh are, thank you yeah, so much right, yeah so yeah so it, within the programming of our transition program haiti made is a vital piece um to keeping that working well you know without that it's um the need can be overwhelming and they don't necessarily grow and maybe their job skills and responsibility and um, you know budgeting and all those other things that we hear um, in our culture kind of take for granted yeah we are so excited to continue to be sponsored by clean juice yes we're grateful for their confidence in collected and in this podcast and 
Clean juice really is such a great way to grab something quick and healthy and nourishing when you're on the go. I love to order through the app because I also get rewards. Mm -hmm. Ooh, tell me about the rewards. Well, let's see. Just recently, I got a $5 reward. And in fact, when you download the app and use it for the first time, you automatically get a $5 reward the first time you order. Well, that's such a great deal. It really is. And it's super convenient. It is. So if you're on the go, which a lot of us are. Yep. And you just need to order a quick drink, pick it up as fast as you can. Yep. Um, they are ready. It's efficient. And um, yeah. they're they're just, they amaze me. Mm-hmm. Like they're constantly coming up with new ideas and yeah. fresh things um, for people to enjoy. So, And when you order in the app, it's just ready to go as soon as you walk in the door. Mm-hmm. So go out and grab yourself a clean juice. Download the app, find a clean juice near you. So after being involved in this development work for so many years now, what kind of wisdom would you share with a listener out there who may be interested in doing something similar, who has a heart for orphan care and international development, um, but doesn't necessarily know how to get started? Like, Mm -hmm. what have you learned about best practices throughout your experiences? That I mean, that could be a whole podcast in itself. There, but uh, and that's we have really, three more minutes. Go. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next time, will you? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I mean, in the in the orphan care, child care realm, there's a lot of resources. I mean, for me, I think it's you know, if you're talking specifically about Haiti versus other countries, I think definitely that's got to be a passion call. You know, to go, hey, how am I going to serve? If it's going to be here in the local church, if it's going to be through the foster care system, if it's going to be internationally. I mean, I think when you think through the global orphan crisis, it can be a little overwhelming. So mm-hmm. I would definitely pray through that and pick a passion and um, a mm-hmm. direction and then be all in. And I would spend a, a lot of time uh, interviewing leaders and missionaries of other organizations and um, government leaders and asking for the direction so of, of ministry. I think, um, you know, there's a social serve, there is a child protective services in Haiti. And so for me, if I had a heart to care for kids in Haiti, I would start with them as the leadership of their nation and they should be establishing structure and direction and law. Um, and so for me, I think doing your due diligence on the front end and um, spending some time on the field and then really deciding if that's what you want to do versus yeah. partnering with somebody who's already um, has this a length of um, service or relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I know that that's a lot of people kind of ask us, we want to do what you do. And sometimes it's we're like, are you sure? You know, do you, you know, maybe you should, why don't you come and spend some time and maybe you should do some of this work in advance and decide if that's really what you want to do. I don't know if hands and feet, if we were going to come into orphan care today. Um, Again, we came in 15 years ago, but if we were going to go to Haiti today to figure out how we were going to serve, I'm not sure it would look the same. Does that make sense? I mean, we've done our best to adapt and, and, and learn and, um, keep moving forward and doing this the best we can for each child. But I think it, we, we might've, it might look a little different if we went into Haiti today to serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we're still asking those questions and we've certainly done it wrong and been a part of the problem, you know, that entice families to give up, you know, their kids and stuff like that. But it's like now we've shifted and we're still asking hard questions and we might shift some more, you know, but um, there's, you know, the, 
when helping hurts and all of those things, you know, you can certainly go into mm. a country with Western kind of ideas and, you know, how you're going to come in and be the hero and help. And it can be totally wrong and just make it worse. So yeah. there's a lot of that to consider too. I think really like Andrea said, doing your education piece and, and uh, digging in with the different things and kind of seeing what's going on and, and preparing yourself, you know, yeah. just go and do it well. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're going to do long-term childcare, there's just, you know, there's no, like, like you said, how do you, how do you persevere? And, and there is no option, you know, so you have to know that lives don't stop and ministry doesn't stop. And so you have to really be um, prayerful about the long, the long-term commitment. Mm-hmm. So I just, nope. I think it's so um, powerful for our listeners to hear that because regardless if it is going into um, the field in which you guys are working in or, you know, being artistically motivated or, you know, working in a business here in the States, there has to be a willingness for all of us to actually change and grow with the movement of, you know, of culture and, um, and business and different ways that we practice. So I think that that's so valuable to hear that from you guys that you have learned over time at times, probably really challenging to (laughs) share. Yeah. And humbling. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's transformative as far as just kind of you, yeah, being receptive all the time to change. And that's one of the things we say at hands and feet, the only thing that's consistent is change. And so, yeah, you just have to be willing to, set your own agenda aside um, and your own vision and just kind of working with that and, and being adaptable. So you guys amaze me. Yeah. You're very generous. Wow. Yeah. Like this is, this is going to be, I just know it's going to be such um, a tool Mm -hmm. for people, for our our listeners to hear from you guys today. So, and you mentioned the book When Helping Hurts, which is such a valuable resource. We'll put a link to that in our show notes. But are there any other books or resources that you would recommend um, to people before we close if they are interested um, in any sort of work like this? Yeah, I mean, I think for if you want to get into um, orphan care, I mean, there's an organization called the Christian Alliance for Orphans. Mm-hmm. So that's CAFO. And they um, they have a lot of resources that you and they do annual um, events where you can go and, and learn a lot in advance. Um, so I would say that's a great that's a great one. Yeah. Um, and I can I can follow up with some other, um, you know, books I'm. You know, there's a cold culture, warm culture. It kind of really just depends what people are interested in. But if it's in yeah. orphan care, I think they're a great resource, mm-hmm. um, have really grown. And they're all encompassing. So they do foster care, adoption, international uh, care. So I think that would be really broad for your listeners as a great place to start. So That's awesome. We will link to that in our show notes and then on the website as well. Uh, well, thank you, Will and Andrea, for coming and speaking with us today. This was so powerful. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Uh, our so pleasure. Thank you for having us, Jeff, for sure. So thinking back to one of the first things Will said when he was talking about being part of Audio Adrenaline and all the things they accomplished and all the, the fame there and the awards, but he said it, it didn't fulfill him. Mm. And so I feel like a lot of people, maybe the Audio Adrenaline dream or, you know, doing the rock star lifestyle would be the thing 
that they were uh, trying to achieve and the thing they were striving for. And yet he got that and he felt empty still. Wow. And God had this whole other plan for he and Andrea and their family and a completely different direction, but he needed the platform from Audio Adrenaline mm-hmm. to jumpstart it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just this idea that nothing is wasted. And mm-hmm, even totally. if our dreams change, mm-hmm. God uses every part of the story to get us where he's trying yeah. to have us go. And sometimes our dreams just get us moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and when we're when we're dreaming a dream, we can't see all the people we're gonna love and all the places we're gonna go and all the things we're gonna experience. And then we get to this new place of dreaming and mm-hmm. and we can look back and say, okay, well, let me get moving again, but I have no idea what's to come. But that builds that trust and that belief in God's faithfulness. Yeah, yeah that dream for him, audio, maybe was at one point the end all be all. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that was kind of like the pinnacle, but clearly it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was thinking the same thing, Jess, just how cool that was how that was a platform for something else that they had no idea. I mean, their family moved um, to Haiti. They moved and and got to experience life there, which I love that they spoke on that later, how important it is to be on the field. And listen. And listen Mm -hmm. and get get an idea of of what it's like Mm -hmm. to live in a different space. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to me too to hear them say that that they would do things completely differently mm-hmm. if they were to get into it today. And what a humble attitude! Mm-hmm. Like I was super impressed with that. Mm-hmm. You know, something you just said, Michaela, too, about you know the when they finally reached that pinnacle with the band, and that was supposed to be maybe the be all and all. And then maybe moving to Haiti was going to be that thing mm-hmm. that's like the pinnacle experience, but. I, I'm feeling like maybe we never get to that Mm-mm. until heaven, mm-hmm. until we're experiencing eternity in heaven. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't even, we can't conceptualize the end all be all. Yeah. There's you know? always more. There's always more. Mm-hmm. And he's always got another adventure in store for us. Mm-hmm. So guys, we hope you have an amazing week. Oh, we just has one more thought. On an unrelated note, um, there is a new episode posted onto Patreon. Oh yeah. Thanks. And yeah. And it's the three of us sharing about what God's doing in our lives, some exciting things that we have coming up for Collected. Mm -hmm. So if you are not yet a patron, um, we'd love for you to join for as little as a dollar a month and support the podcast and also get this bonus content that we've created for you. Yes. Thank you for remembering that. (laughs) You're welcome. We're, We're talking about our big dreams over there some, so. Yeah. You guys keep dreaming, keep reaching. Keep being creative and And keep listening to the podcast. And oh, rating and reviewing and sharing with your friends. (laughs) We'll see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to the Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would help spread the word. Check back here for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. Find The Collected Podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash The Collected Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive contests, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNally Notes, Jess at Spreza Foundry, and Michaela at The Creative Space NC. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. 
Learn more at flourishkenya.org. Support for the Collected Podcast is provided by Clean Juice. Learn more at cleanjuice.com and be sure to check out their lifestyle arm at wellhappyandkind.com. Podcast recorded by Jacob Early. Music by Asaf Alon.